And a question for Mike that leads straight into our next guest, Brad Wirra. Hi, Brad. Why is there such a big departure happening at Fremantle? What seems to be the issue? Well, it's a very valid question to ask. I'm not sure if Brad Wirra knows the answer, but he'll try and answer it for us. He's with us now, the former Fremantle docker and Western Bulldog. Morning, Brad. Morning, gents. It's an interesting scenario at the Dockers. Lockie Schultz, I'm sure you were surprised as anybody yesterday, Brad, when the news came through he's requesting a trade to Collingwood. Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, one from out of the blue with uh, such a good player and such a, uh, a required player, I would think, at Fremantle. But uh, it's the silly season. and We've got, what are we, two days in? Uh, we've got another two weeks of it, so expect a lot more. Uh, I would have thought, would be my advice. Uh, Brad, do you see that just as a financial thing from Lockie, that the club hasn't really looked after him? Oh, I don't think so, and I'm not privy to it, as Jacob just said, but uh, having been traded twice, and uh, both sides of the uh, of the country, the lure to go home is big, it's real, uh, and sometimes we don't know what's going on in players' lives. They're, they're humans as well, and, and family's big. Uh, I can only look at it that way. Uh, the other thing that I would say is let's Let's have a look at it when the when it's finished. It's all nice and well, and we've seen a uh, a ch- somewhat change. Free agency allows you know players to express their their interests, but the contract's still a contract, right? Uh, and Fremantle could quite rightly just play hardball. So let's see how the dust settles. But uh, at the moment, um, I don't know if it's money, but I, I would say family. Uh, Brad, you mentioned your own experience with being traded twice, Fremantle, the Western Bulldogs, and then and then back to Fremantle to finish your career. There's there's different uh, scenarios for trades. There are players who are wanting to be traded, who want more opportunities, and there are others who are often used as a bit of a pawn in a, a trade deal. To reflect on your own experience in being traded, what is it like for a player at this time of year when some are in limbo without a contract and others are simply looking to move? Yeah, it's a horrible time. Absolutely horrible. Uh, but it's also part of, to use the Ross Lionism, of you get paid the danger money. You get paid really well to do something that you love and it goes with the territory. And I think, what is there, 900 players in the comp? Every single one of them would, uh, would sign up knowing what they, uh, what they, what the danger money is and, and what they're up for. So, but, uh, experience, uh, from my end, it's a, it's a horrible time. The, the move from Fremantle, one game in 95 to, to the Bulldogs in 1996, was that pushed by you or was that simply a club directive to, to move you to the Bulldogs? No, that was a, a club thing. If you go back uh, to those times, we had 52 on the list in our original year and 52 became 45 in year one or after year one and then it, it progressively dropped down. So one of the compensations that Fremantle got was to have not sure, exactly sure of the extra numbers, but it was something like 15 or, or 17 extra players on the list. Uh, and it was just a, 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 a numbers game. I was very lucky. I had a choice to go to the Bulldogs or Adelaide. Uh, and so I chose to go to play in Melbourne. And so that was, that was you know, exciting and, and new. And I really wanted to play in the hub. And my time at the Bulldogs was just awesome fun. And then returning to Fremantle, um, was that a family decision, uh, wanting to return to Western Australia? Or again, was that a, a similar scenario to you leaving the Dockers the first time around? I didn't really want to leave uh, the Bulldogs. I'd sort of played in a couple of prelim finals uh, and played uh, a fair few games and you know, somewhat cemented a place there. But uh, it's ironic that now the footy manager at, uh, at Fremantle and Peter Bell and I were and still are really good mates. And we'd always said... We'll try and go home, and that's what I was alluding to with the, with the Schultz stuff at the, at the 
started the interview, is the lure to go home is there. And it was real for me. I was 26, I think. Uh, it was probably a little bit early, but the type of player I was, it was an opportune time to go and to come home and, and play. Fremantle were um, emerging somewhat with a new coach. Probably didn't go the way that we all would have liked it, but yeah, so it's still uh, an awesome time in the uh, in the AFL. How much should then the when you're drafting the clubs look at you know trying to go local? I mean, it, it, you've got this uh, the number one pick for the Eagles. Um, do they try and split it and get one of the local kids? And and does that become an issue? I think it does. Yeah, I, I actually think it is. It's it's real uh, because family's big and, and these young kids are, as much as uh, the number one pick or the proposed number one picks come out and said I'm happy to go anywhere and I think you know we can sort of see the proof in the pudding of the new CBA they've now put it that you've got to stay for three years to give clubs uh, some security uh, for uh, investing resource time money into into these you know dare I say it not products but you know those young men uh, and their assets to their footy clubs. So I think it's really big for the interstate clubs of how uh, how they draft. Then you've actually got to have a little bit of uh, faith in backing in your club and your system and your people and people and culture. I know that's all cliche, but you have to. You have to back them in. Let's have a look at Fremantle right now. I, I would say that Brayshaw and Sarong and Co are in, but last year or the year before, Chera goes. So it's a, it's a big risk. Uh, and looking at WA versus uh, Victorian uh, or South Australian or interstate, I think uh, we'd be naive to think that the interstate clubs aren't looking at that and, and taking it seriously. Brad, these are the names that have left Fremantle in the last four or five years. Langdon, Hill, Hogan, Chera, Meek, Lobb, Tucker, Logue, Akers and now Henry and Schultz have requested trades as well. That's an alarming number and there are all varying reasons for why those players wanted to leave. But should Fremantle fans be concerned about the amount of players who have left the club in the last few years? Oh, I don't think so. I mean, you rattle off all those uh, those names. It was uh, during the final series. You probably saw it yourselves. I'd be a rich man if uh, if I got ten bucks for every emoji or you know sent. The, sorry, not emoji. It's the wrong terminology. A meme of look at Fremantle's final team that's playing. Uh, but I think you could do that uh, with any club across the across the country. Yeah, look, it's a little bit uh, confronting for Fremantle at the moment with the four last year and, and a couple this year. But I wouldn't be. I think it's, the club is still really strong. They'll draft well with, uh, again. Give it time for the ones that they've they've bought in. Uh, but you do have to look at it and go, OK, is there a reason? Is there, uh, which I'm sure Simon Garlick and Peter Bell and... Uh, uh, and their footy director, uh, James Clement, are doing as we speak. But no, I wouldn't be. I think okay. uh, the more broader conversation is probably, I don't know, this isn't a free agency we're talking about with Lockie Schultz, but free agency, we just had a listener call up talking about, well, these players that want to move free agency are choosing Collingwood and Brisbane and the, the top four teams, so the strong get stronger. When free agency was brought in, it was to allow players who were in struggling clubs to look at their options, potentially choose uh, a, another club that either would pay them more or would offer them better opportunities. Is free agency being implemented the way that it, it should be, Brad, do you think? Oh, I think if uh, uh, if the Players Association look at it, they'd probably agree. I didn't hear you call it, but I, I think they'd probably agree that 
it probably needs a little bit of tinkering in that you're right, that they seem to be able to get to the clubs. Uh, I think the, uh, and I'm not sure if it's been done, it'd be pretty close, I think McKay going to Essendon, mm. uh, that's the sort of uh, stuff that they, yeah, they're they implementing it for to assist the, the ones that are either at the bottom end or, or, or you know, back towards the, the, the end to get strong and not the, not the premiership clubs or the grand final clubs. So how they do it, I'm not so sure. There's probably smarter people in the AFL than me on, on that one. But I think I think it needs a little bit of tinkering in that regard. It's a fascinating conversation. You probably need a feature hour to go through the the uh, the ins and outs of free agency. And everyone talks about the compensation picks. It's been confirmed this morning that Ben Mackay, the compensation pick for North, will be pick three. So North Melbourne will have picks two and three as it stands in the AFL draft. That's uh, that's quite a draft haul to have off uh, a number of years at the bottom of the ladder and losing a, a key position player who maybe isn't an A-grade key defender but certainly will be a loss for the Roos. Yeah, we talk about uh, you know, free agency needing a bit of a look, uh, a deep dive into that. I think the compensation stuff does as well. Uh, and it's easy to sit back and, uh, and discuss it and, and, uh, and somewhat so throw stones. But it's a nice hand, isn't it? Two, three. I think then I've got another one, 20... 21 is it uh so uh plus the uh, uh the additional stuff from the from the afl so uh hopefully and and it is it's the mantra of the afl is any given sunday uh to get the bottom teams up but gee it just seems like the other day north melbourne were playing prelim finals so uh it's, it's an interesting discussion Todd Goldstein has moved to Essendon. Uh, veteran ruckman, over 300 games for the Roos. Um, a few people were surprised. Sounded like Collingwood putting off a Ford. Um, he's a guy who's, who's given great service to North Melbourne, maybe looking to finish with a flag, and he's chosen the Bombers, who right now seem to be in the middle of the road. I think that's the Brad Scott lure. I think that's mm. the coach that uh, probably got him there. Uh, it's a very important piece, and we can see clubs across the, uh, across the competition that need that piece. Uh, and if Matthew Burton, Matthew Spider Burton was um, on the conversation, he'd be saying they're very important ruckmen, which they are. Uh, and it's a piece that you know, obviously Brad Scott knows he needs it at Essendon. Uh, and, and probably the, the comfort for, for Todd is to go where he knows. Uh, Collingwood didn't do too bad in their ruck with Darcy Cameron and, and, and Mason Cox. So uh, you know, I think that's a, a good decision by Todd. Lastly, Brad, um, we, we look at the, the season that's finished now and we move to the draft after the silly season with the trade and free agency period. And Wayne mentioned Harley Reid. I mean, he's touted to be the number one pick. You've got Daniel Curtin, who's an outstanding junior who's already played league football at Claremont here in the West. Should the Eagles be looking to try and recruit Dan Curtin over Harley Reid? Or how do they assess this draft period and, and what they do with the young Victorian and that number one pick they currently hold? Well, it's a million-dollar question, Jacob, isn't it? And it's uh, you'd love to be a fly on the wall with uh, um, the West Coast Eagles recruiting team because we're impatient as supporters, and, and West Coast no different, even though they've won four flags. But they they want they want improvement, and they'll want it quickly. Trading the pick pick one will get you two uh, as a minimum, and I'll be thinking two top teners. Plus the, the conversation of do we go local with a curtain, and then there's a you know, there's a couple of others, like Driscoll and, and, and like whether he's a top ten or not. But there's a couple of nice ones here, or the generational player in Reed, uh, and that is an opinionated you know, comment. Or uh, people will go, well, he's a generational player, he's a Dusty Martin, and those opinionated, yes. However, if it was me and I had to put my big boy pants on, I'd be trading it. 
I'd be getting two picks, adding to your, you know, your picks, uh, oh, sorry, your current players of Oscar Allen, your next captain, Barras down back. You've got uh, Gimby or, uh, and Hewitt from last year. All of a sudden, two more, plus, plus, you know, that accelerates your, your rebuild. But the challenge will be you know, generational player in Reed and the lure of, you know, yes, there's some comfort of three years, but it's going to take some time for West Coast. So what, what is, what's the guarantee on Reed not going home after three years, even with an extra one? I, I think if it was me, I'd be trading it. Um, Brad, my last one. Um, with all the dust that's settled after the season and now we're looking at the drafts and all that, where do you sit on Fremantle? Are you still sort of think they're in finals window or how disappointed were you with last year? No doubt a disappointing season from a result. If you actually uh, bring it down, it was some... Uh, and it's easy in hindsight like, to go through it, but I think if you look... And the season's so tight, right? So they've finished, what is it, 15th or 14th, mm. two games out. Analyse it, which everyone will... And it shoulda, woulda, coulda. They shouldn't have lost to St Kilda. They shouldn't have lost to North Melbourne. All of those ones at home early. I think they underestimated early. That's the, the lesson learnt there. That's uh, I'm going around a little bit, but I don't think they're far off. I think they're a, still a, a six, seven, eight team. No doubt, the year before, with a couple of results, you know, to finish fifth is is somewhat overachieved. It's difficult to back up. I'd like to see them bounce with an earlier, uh, sorry, a somewhat easier draw, I would think. But there's no easy draw. They're all difficult games, as we see. I'm still thinking Fremel uh, around 6, 7, 8 next season. Let's hope that they are back up there and that uh, once we get through this trade-free agency period, things do settle down and Justin Longmuir and the, the coaching group can uh, settle this, this group and push them back towards finals next year. Brad, always great to get your insights here on Sport FM. Thanks for joining us this morning and uh, all the best. No problems. Have a good day, gents. That's Brad Weirer joining us here on Sports Breakfast, former Fremantle Docker, Western Bulldog.